0: If you're listening to this podcast, you probably share the same belief that I do, that lean thinking has the potential to change the world. A few years ago, LEI launched the LPPD initiative. LPPD stands for Lean Product and Process Development. This means lean thinking applied to product development and process development. The idea is that if you can develop your products and services faster and better than your competition, then you have an incredible competitive advantage. But if you do not have a process in place that supports rapid innovation and and customer involvement, you cannot maintain this competitive advantage. But LPPD can also be used to make the world better. D-Lab at MIT is using LPPD thinking to solve problems in the the developing world, and they are truly making the world a better place for everyone involved. Today, Kendra Leith, Associate Director for Research at D-Lab, joined LEI's Communication Director, Chet Marchwinski, to share more about what D-Lab does, works on, and what are some of the great projects that they have currently in the process. Kendra, thank you for coming. Chet, take it away.
1: Welcome to the podcast, Kendra. Thanks for making the trek over from MIT.
2: Thank you for having me today.
1: Um, I guess, uh, why don't we kick things off uh, by you explaining what is D-Lab, what is its purpose?
2: D-Lab is a program uh, at the Massachusetts Institute of Technology that was founded uh, by Amy Smith about 15 years ago.
1: Uh,
2: And D-Lab stands for um, Development Through Dialogue, Design, and Dissemination. Uh, We work with people around the world to develop and advance collaborative approaches and practical solutions uh, to global poverty challenges. And we do that through a variety of different mechanisms. Uh, We do that through um, our academic programs at MIT, where we train um, undergraduate and, and graduate students and provide them with the introduction to international development and technology. Uh, we have a number of design classes, uh, sector-specific classes on agriculture and energy. Uh, classes focused around uh, dissemination or distribution of, of technologies, um, so looking at supply chains and design for scale uh, classes as well. So in a given year, we train about 200 students um, in, the, in many of these concepts. We also recognize that it's important to develop the capacity of the community members that we're working with. So. Uh, we, uh, we train people through um, through co-design summits and through our creati- creative capacity building training programs. Uh, these programs um, range from anywhere from um, a few days to to several weeks, um, where we train people on the design process um, and often uh, other uh, skills such as woodworking or metalworking. And then they also work on a concrete project um, to address a challenge either in their community or or, or um, one of the other um, one of the other areas close by. So. Um, we do spend a lot of time building the capacity of um, of our of our partners and and um, community members. So we do that, uh, as I mentioned, primarily through our uh, programs. Um, but we. Also, um, through our, um, and this, I should say that this uh, particular, this, these training programs are part of a larger innovation practice group, um, which is really focused on how do we support the communities where we're working? How do we get, you know, kind of products out into the into the market? How do we, you know, how are we interacting with uh, those community members? So we do this through our, our training programs, but also through um, our Practical Impact Alliance, which is... Um, a program that where um organizations, uh, corporations, companies, uh, and non-governmental organizations and social enterprises come together to learn from one another. They they get together and, and form learning groups of, about a variety of different topics. Um, they access uh, MIT faculty and and researchers to be able to work on, on issues that are relevant to them. Um, and so through our innovation practice program, we also um, provide support to a number of, of people through our program. Scale-ups fellowship program, and, and through our innovation ecosystem um, fellowship, in which um, we provide mentorship and um, and uh, some training and, and funding to uh, to support these particular fellows to these particular fellows, so that they can continue the great work that they started in the classes or during the during the trainings. Um, and then finally, we also we conduct research. Um, we look at things like identifying needs and understanding the context. What are the uh, assets and um, market ga- market conditions? Uh, we also, through our research, try to um, develop and improve and evaluate existing technologies or create new technologies. We look at uh, dis- you know how what are the best dissemination or distribution strategies, and also. Um, we are starting to understand uh, some of the outcomes and impacts of, um, of engaging in local innovation ecosystems, for instance, uh, or, or looking at participatory design processes and what are some of those outcomes of those processes. So we are, um, <coughs> our research looks at a number of these different areas. Um, we focus primarily on on food, water, and energy and the nexus of that, of those um, sectors. But we also look at, again, local innovation ecosystems and, um, and information communication technologies. So we've really expanded a lot since we started 15 years ago, where we had one class, and now we have, you know, a, a large academic program, a, a growing research program, and also a, a very strong, robust um, kind of innovation practice program. And I think through all of our work. I think our values really um, shine through. I think we often do work in a very interdisciplinary way. We have engineers and social scientists and scientists working together. I think we we emphasize the idea of um, operating with humility and respect and, um, you know, really working closely, collaboratively with the communities to generate ideas, to... Build their capacity, etc. So, a lot of these things really cut across all of our different programs and, and hit at our kind of some of our core values um, that are really important for the work we do at D Lab. Um, but you're in it to really try to um, improve the lives of people living in poverty, and so um, that comes across, and and all of these different core values come across um, quite a bit in the work that we do.
1: Yeah, this is a. Uh, I was looking through the website, and this is a pretty unique program. It's the um what got me was some of the. Pro- I mean, the students are working on projects in a semester, mm-hmm. and then they're going to build something that's that's going to actually aid um, uh, a, a low income family somewhere in, in in the world. Can you uh, give listeners some idea of uh, some of the projects uh, students have done?
2: We've worked on things like um, wheelchairs that that use levers to it's so making it easier to be able to move through. Um, over rough terrain um, using uh, things like bicycle parts um, that allow you to to be able to replace those parts on the wheelchair very easily and we work on projects like a a project I'm working on with students Xylem water filter, where we're making a water filter out of parts of coniferous trees, um, which allow us to extract the bacteria from um, from the water, um, particularly in in parts of uh, we're looking at this in parts of India, um, in particularly in the foothills of the Himalayas. Um, we look at other things like uh, washing machines. Um, we worked on a, a pedal-powered washing machine for an orphanage um, in Peru. Uh, we look at we work on a lot of agricultural processing technologies, so so grain grinders and um... Uh, you know things that allow you to extract oil from, from moringa trees and things like that, from the ring- moringa seeds in particular. So we've worked on a variety of different uh, projects. We support a lot of projects through our classes, um, but a lot of those things have to get picked up and carried on, and, and we do that often through our fellowships program. They will continue to work on specific projects, particularly through our, our scale-ups program.
1: It's good to hear that uh, that work continues.
0: Uh.
2: Yes, we want to make these, these projects very concrete um, and <coughs> spend a lot of time in the field understanding uh, going to the gemba, as mm-hmm. you might say, um, trying to understand what's going on, what's the local context, um, but also what are the particular needs and what are the assets? What are people bringing to the table? What can they? Um, what ideas do they have? We really recognize that the community members we're working with, um, the end users and other stakeholders, are um, have a lot to uh, have a lot of value to add.
1: That's a good point you mentioned. Going to the gemba, going to where the value is added. Um, how does uh, uh what lean principles are involved in the uh the project
2: yeah so at d overall, um, we apply a number of different lean principles. Um, I think, you know, we certainly spend time going to the Gemba and really um, understanding the context, understanding the users and other stakeholders. I also think that um, we really emphasize developing the people, so recognizing that, that people, uh, the community members we're working with, have a lot of value to add. And um, so we develop their capacity. We develop their capacity particularly through our innovation practice program um, where we train people through uh, different design summits and um, creative capacity building training programs to learn about the design process and really develop their confidence and sense of agency to be able to implement some of these projects. So it's not only the students that are are developing these products and and technologies, but it's also, um, you know, people in the communities who are developing solutions to challenges that they're facing. So I think we really spend time developing the people. I think we also... Um, We also spend uh, time really thinking about uh, teaching our students about rapid kind of iteration cycles, so making sure that a lot of our classes cover the design process and thinking about how to do um, kind of rapid putting in place rapid learning cycles, and so we are really trying to encourage our students to do that and and test out a number of different ideas, Um, and so that is a a critical piece for us as well. Um, I think we also are really trying to uh, understand the work and reduce the waste and really uh, try to figure out how to increase value so we do that through our lean research program uh... really trying to to start to map out what our research process looks like and are there places where we can Cut down on things. Are there places where we can add additional value for other key stakeholders? So we mm-hmm. we really try to emphasize those components um, in our in our research, but also in our work in general as well.
1: That tracks very closely to uh, a lot of lean principles. And I want I wanted to bring up another one was the well you mentioned. I, I think there are four R's that the the uh, that are watchwords for the program. Mm-hmm. And it's rigorous, respectful, relevant, and right sized. And right sized, of course. Uh, lean management has a concept of right-sized equipment, equipment that is very capable, easy to maintain, fits mm-hmm. in the process to uh, promote one-piece flow. So I read an anecdote on the site about uh, traditional research, and it said that a survey of low-income Kenyan households took up to six hours mm-hmm. to complete and involved a collection of saliva samples to test subjects stress hormone levels mm-hmm. but this brings up a po- an important point about right-sized research that mm-hmm. that you're doing. Can you explain that a little bit?
2: Yeah so I think a lot of what we're seeing I mean <clears throat> lean research was created uh, in collaboration with colleagues at, at Tufts University in uh, reaction to research that uh, that is often uh, that can be burdensome for the research subjects. That can, you know, take up a lot of their time. Can take up a lot of, you know, farmers' time during harvest season. Um, that is, you know, disrespectful. It often doesn't give them the information that they need to be able to make decisions as to whether they want to participate. Um, you know, people may see it as, you know, as a burden. Um, and I think, you know, there, <coughs> this was a reaction to to try to address some of those things. So to maintain not only the rigor, but also making sure that we are. Um, that we are making things respectful but uh, also relevant so really spending time to talk to people um, about which questions are relevant for them and how they want to receive those findings etc but we also focus on the right sizing as well right so so the right sizing piece of it is it's not that it's always less, right? So it could be that if we're working closely with a partner, if we added two extra questions, we might get some really relevant information for them. One example of this is our um, we work closely with a, an, a social entrepreneurs in Uganda. She makes cook stoves and fuel made from agricultural waste um, and we were doing we are doing a cook stove adoption study and trying to understand. Uh, you know, w- were people using these products? What were their preferences? Those sorts of things. But it turned out that she also wanted to get some user feedback on these products as well, and we were able to add a couple of extra questions, um, which allowed us to. Uh, to gather useful information for her related to um, product preferences, the size of the product, the color, et cetera, which she ended up um, being able to use uh, in the future, which was great. And so as part of that project, we added a couple of questions, but we also were able to reduce questions um, by using uh, sensors. So low-cost sensors that allowed us to track information about indoor air pollution levels and um, cook stove usage, um, which allowed us to Reduce that waste and cut down on the number of questions by approximately twenty percent. So, we're, there's a balance of trying to find the right size, as opposed to you know less. or always reducing. We're trying to find the right the right level of um, you know number of questions and people and and uh, study. So, it's
1: an excellent point. I didn't realize that, um, uh, but from reading your site, that this, the research can become bloated and ineffective disrespectful over time if you don't keep the uh, uh, the person in, in, in mind all the time. Final question is about um, if other people want to learn more about this program, and I encourage them uh, to go to your website at uh, d-lab.mit.edu, correct? Correct, that um, is
2: correct, yes. But
1: also, uh, they can hear you in person um, at the Designing the Future Summit, June 19th and 20th in Traverse City, Michigan mm-hmm. um, and I was wondering there, there's, it sounds like a, an interesting talk you're, you're you're going to talk about farmers uh, from Tanzania, entrepreneurs in uh, Uganda who are benefiting. Can you give us a taste of uh, a little bit what you're going to talk about?
2: Yeah. So in that talk, I'm going to highlight a number of different um, examples and ways in which we have applied uh, the lean, some of the lean concepts to our work. Uh, you know, talking about uh, going to the Gemba, so understanding user needs um, and preferences and... Um, <coughs> you know, talking about reducing waste and adding value to research activities, implementing rapid learning cycles, and um, really trying to develop the skills and confidence of people. Uh, to be able to implement their own solutions. And so, I mean, we're going to talk through different stories of um, of farmers in Tanzania, um, of this particular social entrepreneur in Uganda who is um, who's producing cookstoves and agricultural waste charcoal. We're going to talk about charcoal producers in Haiti um, and, and specifically related to the rapid learning cycles and how we've iterated on the uh, development of the press that we use to make the briquettes Um, and then also talking about how we have um, you know developed uh, developed the skills and compasses people through our our co-design summits and through our creative capacity building training programs and then finally looking at going to the Gemba and you know understanding through talking with um, talking about again our co-design summits and how we have utilized uh, participatory design principles to and and lean principles really to um, to understand what the farmers what their needs are and and develop products that are relevant for them. So I'm talk about a case of a um, a coffee bean sheller that was created in in Tanzania um, in collaboration close collaboration with farmers. Um, but the interesting thing about that is that you know they're not only able to develop the the product and and make it much more efficient and useful um, for the farmers who are using, but you also were to able to develop the people right. So you're able to um, this one woman um, Moana Harisi Goa who is a farmer in Tanzania was uh, able to take what she learned at the design summit, the design process, the participatory nature of it, and really ta- and use it and to solve other challenges within her community um, she had worked on a palm oil press for instance, um, so So I'm going to talk about a number of different cases and examples that will highlight um, how we have applied this work, uh, how we apply the lean principles, rather, to to this work.
1: And I'm looking forward to hearing that presentation. It sounds great. That'll be June 19th and 20th, Traverse City, Michigan. Uh, Kendra, thanks for coming in and telling us about this unique and interesting project where higher education, lean principles, and design all intersect.
2: Great. Thank you so much for having me. It was a pleasure.
0: To learn more about D-LAB, visit... D-LAB.MIT.EDU. That's dlab.mit.edu. Come and see Kendra Leith speak at the LPPD Summit, the Designing the Future Summit, taking place this June in Traverse City. If you have feedback, show ideas, or questions for Lean Thought Leaders, please send them to pod, P-O-D at and maybe we can address them on a future show. Once again, that's pod, pod, at lean.org, for all your questions, feedback, and anything else you'd like for us to know.